Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. And that's it, it's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to For Future Considerations. This is episode number 26. Can you believe it? 26 episodes already. My name is Manny Pava. As always, the boys are here. Matt Dumichel, John Rashad. Matt, how are you? I'm good, Manny. I think we're just peaking right now. This is just, we're just getting into it. We are almost as good as Akil Badu in a Detroit now, Tigers uniform. Now, right? stop. They're, they're already starting to build the statue. It's, <laughs> let's not get crazy here, but sorry, Hank Greenberg. <laughs> John Rashad up in Markdale. Snowy Markdale. You had snow this week, right? Yeah, we did. And uh, just a couple of flurries a minute ago when I was out walking the dog. Oh, man. It's like hockey season or something like that. Wouldn't that be nice? <sighs> Doesn't stop me from barbecuing, though. Wouldn't it be great to be talking about the Ontario Hockey League and the playoffs, for example, Mm -hmm. or the Ontario Hockey League getting a season underway. But instead, we are talking about the OHL officially canceling its season. We're changing things around. Instead of this show being our debate format, where we talk about a number of subjects in the world of sports and pop culture we are going to move that to the ot our second episode of the week because we want to focus on the ohl and its decision to cancel the 2020 2021 season and to do it we have invited on a special guest who who's been one of the busiest men in the hockey world, junior hockey world for that matter. He's also the young man who tried to get the league back going. He was the person who started a petition campaign, a letter-writing campaign, to try to get the government of Ontario to support a return-to-play plan with the Ontario Hockey League. He is none other than Owen Sound Attack defender Andrew Parrott. Andrew, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me on again so quick. Yeah, we we wish uh, we had better news to talk about with regards to having you excited about an OHL season, but the league on Tuesday announced that the season is done. So let's let's start there. What's what's going through your head with that news come down? Uh, It's just kind of been a roller coaster of emotions. Uh, Just this whole process with the amount of rumors flying around with start dates and then cancellations and whatnot and for that news to finally come out and just actually see it officially just kind of just kind of just couldn't i couldn't move i just couldn't believe that it actually happened to be honest and walk us through where you've been since the last time we spoke to you was just before you were actually returning back to north america uh, from having played overseas um with the hope that you'd quarantine and and then be able to go and uh and play in the ontario hockey league so since you've been back uh what have you been doing um you know were you prepping this entire time for a season or when you got back and started hearing uh, how things were going in ontario did that kind of change your mindset Yeah, I came back and there was still uh, no lockdown or no stay-at-home order. So I came back, flew into Cleveland. Three days after flying into Cleveland, I actually went up to my dad's house in Ontario to start my isolation 
for potential season. And then everything came crashing down with the stay-at-home order and the lockdown. So I left midway through my isolation. Just I said, okay, I'm just going to go back to Cleveland and just continue training and hopefully something happens here soon. Did you have a feeling then that you knew this announcement was inevitable? I had a feeling, but I never really wanted to believe it or anything or tell myself that it was going to come true or whatnot. How did you find out about it? Uh, I was actually skating today. I was uh, on the ice and I checked my phone once I got off the ice and I saw that we had a team meeting and then I saw, I just went on social media real quick before the team meeting and saw it was canceled. So I kind of assumed what the, what the team meeting was about. And uh, just went on the team meeting, got the news, boys talked for a little bit, and that was it. What was said during that meeting? Was that Dale or Alan or, or who was leading the meeting? And, and uh, you know, Our whole was- staff was on. Uh, Dale, we had Sean uh, LaFortune was on, all of our coaches, uh, Brownie was on, our whole staff. Because uh, everyone's involved in this. It's not just the players, the Coaches are missing out. The staff's missing out. I know I've talked to Brownie a couple of times throughout this process, and, man, he loves the game more than anyone I've ever met. He loves watching us win. He loves watching us move on and succeed and move on to the next level, and he's been a part of this just as much as anyone. Yeah, I was texting Brownie on Tuesday, too. You feel for not only the players like mm-hmm. Andrew, but you feel for the, the the coaching staff, the management, the the trainers the athletic therapists the scouts the office staff like it affects so many different people what were your teammates and and what are your other players and friends telling you about the decision a lot of guys were just really disappointed but i think they had similar thoughts and feelings when the stay-at-home order happened that there wasn't uh much hope really but they didn't really believe it until it actually happened i know that just everyone's Everyone's feelings were just personally different. Uh, the rookies were sad because they were really looking forward to beginning their junior hockey careers, and now that rookie season has kind of been taken away from them, and now they have to start their rookie season as a second year, technically. Uh, the overagers, uh, possible overagers for our team, were just sad to not be able to let last year's March was their last game, and at the time, no one knew it or would have thought it thought it would be like that so a lot of guys just very sad very disappointed OHL commissioner David Branch said on Tuesday that if the opportunity had presented itself weeks or months ago the league would have taken it and they would have resumed play he seems to sort of say that the province never really gave the league an opportunity to play is that how you see it or what have you been hearing is it the league or the province or both I haven't really been hearing much myself at all but I know when in the like just in real life situations a lot of things when you have to deal with situations like this are both parties both parties have to come together they have to unite and make sure something important like this has to happen so i think there's not one person to blame really i just think that as a front we needed to come together and make sure that this got done and obviously it wasn't the outcome we were all hoping for uh, there's reasons behind it. Health and safety is obviously a top priority, but like uh, we mentioned before, there's everyone else around the world is playing, so that kind of stings, obviously, right now. But 
uh, I just I kind of hope there's better days to come and next year starts on time and nothing with that kind of gets fumbled up at this point. Yeah, you kind of hit on an important point there that we we wanted to look at. Uh, did you do you expect that there's going to be a long term impact uh, on the OHL uh, after what happened this season? If you're a young kid, I mean, you're an American uh, playing in the OHL. Um, if given the option to play in uh, NCAA or in a U18 program in the states or going to the OHL now after everything has has happened is that something this season would change your mind about playing in the OHL or do you expect any sort of extended ramifications for the league I believe it'll definitely uh, make kids sit down and think about that decision a lot harder nowadays for sure I know it would have been a it definitely would have been a longer discussion for myself and my family if this situation presented itself uh, at my time to make that decision. I mean, you see lots of high end Canadian guys going the college route even before this COVID situation. You look at Owen Power in Michigan, he's projected to be a first overall pick. He's a Canadian born guy. So it's not unrealistic to think that this may or may not sway someone's decision that possibly could affect future endeavors for the OHL but I still think that it's a great hockey league it produces great players and uh, come out of it so the idea uh, that has been presented itself is is some sort of showcase, and I know you've got uh, uh, something that you're you're real excited about um, presenting as well. So uh, how important is it that we have some sort of opportunity, not just for the draft eligible kids, but like you said, some of the overagers that were relying on their overage season for contracts? Yeah, it. Uh, I'm hap- I'm I'm obviously happy that they're trying to put something together for the first year draft eligibles. It's an important season, guys, for sure, and they need to take that next step to try and reach their goal and their dreams. But uh, it stings a little bit because it's only f- what I've heard. The rumors, at least, are first year draft eligibles. It doesn't include guys like me that uh, are still technically draft eligible, just not that first year, but. Uh, it hurts a little bit because you see, like, for example, guy, a guy like Sean Dersey who was passed up twice and taken as a second-round pick to Toronto after a great fourth season. On that note, it, it really does suck because you Sean Dersey being one, but there are other players who have signed huge contracts because of their overage here. You hope that it's not just draft-eligible players that can be in this league-sanctioned showcase, but is it... Is this where you come in, Andrew? And I know you're working on a plan to do your own showcase. Yeah, me and uh, a couple of my friends, teammates Ryan Humphrey and Ryan Beck, uh, are trying to we're trying to lay out the groundwork right now to poss- possibly have a junior level showcase for anyone who's looking for that extra opportunity to showcase their progression throughout the offseason and just get that extra opportunity to just hit the ice again, really, and make some memories. How would that look like? What would that look like? What are what are you working on? Uh, just right now, we're trying to lay out specific groundwork, like where and when they'll fit best with rumors of the top prospects game, uh, potentially to, so everyone who wants to be involved can be involved in it. And just we have a couple offers at, with rinks right now in different locations, just trying to find what works best with rink times and availability of rinks and 
just trying really it comes down to cost because uh we're just trying to make sure that we can put it together to where players don't have to spend money really to come down and play because as of now uh, we might players coming from canada or wherever they're coming from may have to spend a little bit of money to play but i'm think a lot of guys are willing to spend that money if it means games. So are you planning to have this showcase in the U.S.? Yes. Okay. Um, and what for what age group? Uh, just junior level guys, whether you were uh, first year draft eligible this year or an overager, just that typical junior level age. So somebody as young as 16, 17 to a 20 year old, for example? Yeah, of course. Yeah, anyone who potentially had the opportunity to play junior hockey this year. And we're just looking to make it the most competitive it can be because we already have – we have scouts who who have committed to coming. That's a fantastic idea. It's like taking Mm -hmm. control of your own future. Why did you feel a need to do this and plan your own showcase? Uh, We just kind of wanted to make sure that – guys had the opportunity to just get back on the ice because it's just really important to us all. And a lot of guys have worked really hard this offseason to uh, progress their game, get better, and we just think it's really important to make sure we uh, we show that and we get back on the ice and just get back with the boys, really. Are you talking about a series of games or a whole tournament? or? Uh, It's another detail we're trying to figure out right now what will be best for everyone. It's a great idea, Andrew. It's a great idea. Yeah, Owen Sound Attack defenseman Andrew Parrott joining us on for future considerations uh, through this process. I mean, you, as, as Manny alluded to in the uh, the opener, have really been the uh, at the forefront of the players um, getting back onto the ice. Now talking about uh, playing in this tournament or starting up this tournament, and we we all hope that that's a, a great success and and that's mm-hmm. something that you're able to do through this process. And I know you're going to be a TV star and and all of that as well <laughs> after uh, the next couple of days here but uh, what have you learned about yourself uh, what have you learned uh, about Andrew Parrott through through this experience and, and the different uh, um, scenarios and, and unfortunately most negative uh, that you've gone through over the last year Oof. Uh, I guess that the most important thing I've learned throughout this is just to take my my career into my own hands and kind of just speak up and try to do the best I can with my platform and just make sure that whatever's thrown at me, I just I keep trying to reach my goal, my end dream, and playing professional hockey and playing in the NHL one day because this isn't the end. Like uh, A lot of things are going to be thrown at me. This isn't going to be the only obstacle in my path one day. There's going to be other obstacles thrown at me down the road, and I just need to make sure that I keep my head on right and I just keep uh, pushing forward for that end goal. When you're weighing your options, does that mean you'd look at maybe playing outside of the OHL or do you plan to return to the OHL? I plan to return to the OHL as of now, uh, as an OA. We're looking forward to seeing you on the ice, Andrew. I think what you have done this year and what you continue to do right now is a great, great um, example of leadership, both on and off the ice. And um, congratulate you on what you're doing. I wish we could congratulate you on getting an OHL season underway, but um, I think what you've done and what you continue to do is 
is fantastic, Andrew. And uh, I appreciate you taking time out to talk to us. Thank you very much. Andrew Parrott of the Owen Sound Attack. Uh, We wish we could see Andrew Parrott playing in an Owen Sound Attack uniform this year. But that's not the case. The OHL on Tuesday announcing that it has decided to cancel the season once and for all uh, because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I thought it was interesting, guys, that uh, David Branch also said that um, they had a plan. The plan was established. But on the eve of the announcement, the pandemic changed everything. It changed uh, everything dramatically. Yeah, I, I will never really know. I, I'd be interested in what this whole process looked like, uh, what these meetings came from, uh, from both sides, um, how close we actually were uh, to this this getting off the ground. And again, the, fr- the frustration that, that boils over from uh, the OHL and, and their, their players, staff, as we mentioned, throughout fans. I mean, at least the Q, at least the W got training camp in got some games in yes it was sporadic and and you know they they weren't able to complete a season but you know for for guys like andrew and and ohl players alike i mean it's been almost a calendar year now since everybody's been in the same room uh, and and never really got a chance to even get this off the ground 13 months in fact 13 Mm -hmm. months and counting since the ohl has played a game now, Dave, David Branch said on Tuesday that the plan is to open training camps around Labor Day, have a 68-game season for 2021-2022. Let's hope that takes place. Uh, look forward to that showcase game that Andrew and his uh, partners in crime plan to hold. Hopefully the OHL and the CHL host, holds another one too so these players can get some eyeballs on them. Mm-hmm. 450 players we're talking about. Only some have been able to play in Europe or elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So uh, we thank Andrew Parrott again. Hope you enjoyed this episode, but it's not the only one. Now no. we have another one coming up. That's right. And we normally uh, talk nothings, or, or I, I normally talk nothings uh, during the, the shows on, on Wednesday morning, but instead I'm going to do that on Friday. So we're going to do some topics about what's going on in the world of sports, rapid fire. We'll recap uh, Andrew's conversation here as well. We're always involved in social media, so if you hop on to Instagram or Twitter, it's at Podcast FFC uh, for future considerations on Facebook. Uh, if you've got a question that you want us to throw out there as well, uh, always send us an email for future considerations at gmail.com thanks a lot john thanks a lot matt and thank you to andrew parrott for joining us on this edition of for future considerations that was a disgraceful performance in my opinion in my opinion that sucked their mentality's awful their attitude's awful it's been their mo for the last three years tonight i saw and heard one of the most disgusting rudest sick demonstrations in my entire career probably the worst it's garbage and the editor that let it come out is garbage you're still here it's over go home